Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself continue our discussion on the Augsburg Confession, looking at Article 6, A New Obedience. Welcome to Full Force, everybody on All Hands on Deck, Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe. Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. We got the band back together. That's right. That's right. Boys are back I, uh, in town. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I I was so insecure that you guys did such a great job without me. Oh. I demanded we record as soon as possible afterwards, so I didn't get voted <laughs> off the island. Like as soon as you guys realize uh, that you can do this without me, I'm done. No, no, no. <laughs> the same. You, you're the reason we're together. It, this is all. Well, your... my curriculum is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you you're the one who pr- approached me about getting some advice on how to make your podcast sound better and. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, let, yep. let me get involved. And have a world-class producer produce it wow. is one way yes. to make your podcast yeah. sound better. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> yes. Amen to that. But I do, yeah. I'm really thankful we had the conversation yes. about vocation and biblical counseling, because mm-hmm. especially now with mm-hmm. a lot of depression and some of the things that are going on, yep. I thought it was a valuable conversation. So. Yeah, awesome. I, I'm, I was thrilled to do it. I, in listening to it again with uh, Brian, just thinking about how, it was just fun to, like, I think you said something about it. I was glowing or whatever. You were. Like, yeah. just the, you were excited to talk about it. It was like it. me and the Trinity. Mm-hmm. You were thrilled yeah. to talk more than 45 seconds on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have a tendency to do that, but I'll try, I'll try my best to talk more. Well, the, yeah. the good news for everyone now is we're going to be covering a topic where mm-hmm. we're going to make everyone mad at us. Yeah. It's the, it's the topic. everyone. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's the topic where the Lutherans are probably well, I should say after the sacraments, the Lutherans are probably the most misunderstood mm-hmm. by all other traditions of Christianity, yep. the yep. relationship between justification and good works. Mm-hmm. And I think actually a lot of that, and I'm just going to say this, is because there are some Lutheran denominations that aren't teaching it correctly. Oh, mm-hmm. shocked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just saying. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just using the word Lutheran doesn't... No. What You almost yeah. have to say what kind of Lutheran, mm-hmm. but, you know? Yeah, well, we have in Lutheran tendencies, we have our antinomians who don't mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. the law matters and all good work should yep. happen spontaneously without instruction. Uh, you have uh, the... The radical Lutherans are the heirs mm-hmm. to the House of Ferdy, is what I call them, <laughs> um, where they yeah. more or less teach that the law only accuses uh, mm-hmm. instead of the law always accuses. Right. And so that's also got antinomian strings to it, mm-hmm. and you miss out on the role of good works there. Yeah. Uh, the, the radical Lutherans tend to flaunt their brokenness rather than talk about sanctification. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've got interaction with the Roman Catholics who say Lutherans don't believe in good works. And you've got our disagreements with the Calvinists and the Reformed where mm-hmm. I think we line up fairly well on the necessity of good works. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, the Reformed, their first move is doing good works for the glory of God yeah, right. rather than yep. vocation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And really shocking, <laughs> we're going to ground our discussion of good works alongside the Article 5 yeah. or Article 6 of the Augsburg Confession of Policy, and the, the apology is it's grounded in vocation. It's vocation, yes. If we miss talking about vocation yeah. on this topic, we've just completely failed to teach it altogether. Yeah, and, and I think it, it's been interesting to, I've been doing some extra reading on vocation lately and 
hearing about how some of the Calvinists handle that. Mm -hmm. And you're right on. I mean, and they, I think in doing that, they miss the gospel aspects of vocation and And, and focusing on trying to glorify God. And we anticipate your emails. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, right. Well, and and, and to that end, let's give credit where credit is due just to cite where the disagreement is. It's the Westminster Confession or the Westminster Catechism Mm -hmm. um, where the very first is what is the chief end of man or yeah, whatever the question right. is, is yep. to give glory to God in all things. And it's, that's a paraphrase because mm-hmm. I don't have it memorized. So I'm not a Presbyterian. <laughs> uh, but uh, what Lutherans and Catholics, well, our Lutherans and Presbyterians or Calvinists would agree on is the importance of good works. Mm-hmm. How we get and, there. And even glorifying God. And glorifying right. God. But I would say that from my perspective as a Lutheran, the order for both of us is inverted. Mm-hmm. The, the Calvinists start with giving glory to God, and f- again, a Lutheran assessment of that doctrine means that a lot of Calvinists that I've interacted with have a hard time talking about God, good works, because they get paralyzed by motivation. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think you'll find that a lot in kind of reformed circles is... Am I doing this good work for the right reasons? <laughs> Instead and, of just doing it. And, and, yeah. and Lutherans will say, just do the good works, repent of your sinful motivations. <laughs> and in the end, the glorious thing about the doctrine of vocation is yeah. that God yeah. is glorified because he's working through your good works, whether you know it or not, right. or whether you like it or yeah. not. So what you're basically saying is we're kind of like the Larry Cable guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get her done. Get her done. Get her done. <laughs> Lutherans are the rednecks uh, of the Reformation Peter, world. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <if there's> a, <laughs> Quote me out of context on that one. Yep. I, I can see I a meme that, already from that. I don't know yeah. that Larry the Cable Guy would really want to be associated with this. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I don't think he's particularly Lutheran. Yeah. No. Now, is that? Do you think that's part of where the the quote "sin boldly" comes from? Like, like the do the simultaneous saint and sinner. Well, no, just well, do do the works <laughs> and then. So if, Sorry if I'm No, 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 no. This is great. It's good setup. Sin mm-hmm. boldly is maybe one of Luther's most out of yeah. context oh. quotes. I, mean, I, I didn't mean to say No, 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 I know. It, yeah, it's the big three, just to, 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 to kind of give some context to it. The first one that Luther probably never said is, what would you do if you knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow? Oh, right. yes. And he said, I plant, plant a, a tree. tree. Yep. Probably never said that. Uh, the second one that is overplayed to no end by Luther is, I would rather live or be ruled by a righteous Turk than an unrighteous Christian. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's, again, I think that's apocryphal. This third one is something he said, but it's always quoted without context at mm-hmm. all. And so it's a quote, I believe it was a conversation he had with Melanchthon. Mm-hmm. And Melanchthon was paralyzed by motivation. Right. He's, you know, what if this is wrong? What if I'm not making mm-hmm. the right decision? And Luther's advice in this particular thing then is Philip, sin boldly. But then the follow-up to that is, mm-hmm. and then repent boldly. Mm. And what mm-hmm. Luther was yep. getting after is when your course of action isn't explicitly laid out by mm-hmm. the law, when it's not prohibited, when there's no definite apparent right or wrong, do what your wisdom, your God-given mm-hmm. wisdom inclines you to do. That's good. Do it boldly. Yeah. And then in hindsight... Wherever the sin was, because the sin clings so closely and original sin's a real thing, then repent of it. Yeah. But yeah. we don't stop loving our neighbor until we figured out what our motivations are. And that is, mm-hmm. where, it was a good setup because that is my criticism mm-hmm. of the Reformed or the Baptist mm-hmm. system is there seems to be, 
again, in my opinion, kind of the paralysis of analysis mm-hmm. where yep. I need to make sure I'm doing what I'm doing with the right motivation before I'm doing it. And the Lutheran yeah. system says, no, do it first and then repent. Because I, I think mm-hmm. that the, it really takes into play that we'll, our motives will never be perfect. Yeah, um, right? Not that we don't examine our motives because obviously to Christ, our yep. Lord and Savior, motives are important. Yeah, uh, The Sermon on the Mount really kind of clarifies that. So it's not that we don't examine motives, but it doesn't paralyze us. And I liked how you said that. Um, it should never allow us to paralyze mm-hmm. uh, because sometimes we do things with improper motives, but at the end of it, God works something in our heart that's a miraculous thing. And there's a, a part of spiritual discipline, I believe, that's a part of that as well. Well, and that, that again is the doctrine of vocation summed up. We've talked mm-hmm. about it time and time again when we pray for our yep. daily bread. God is working through both pagans and Christians mm-hmm. to deliver your actual daily bread. Larva day. The mask masks. of God. Yep, yep absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and and this is the thing. It's uh, what we would really criticize a system that is obsessed with motivations is to say when you know what to do mm-hmm. and you don't do it for whatever reason, it's also sin. Mm-hmm. You know, those are sins of omission rather than sins of commission. And the encouragement here is not to measure our sin or let us paralyze it. We're going to be sinners. Mm -hmm. And so we live our lives simultaneously sinful and justified, always repenting and always loving our neighbor. Assurance of salvation and vocation. Assurance of salvation and vocation. That's going to come up a lot Mm -hmm. in the content of this series. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and that's probably a good segue. We should probably start. Yeah, we should actually probably talking actually talk about, about like the article. What, yeah, a good segue into the <laughs> article. Today. Yeah. Baseball right now, right? Oh yeah, no baseball, no more side conversations. All the White Sox in first place. Okay, Article Six. <laughs> nice job. Nicely done. Oh, currently, I, I mean, refuse that might to absolve you of that. For that, it might change tomorrow. But yeah, all right. Uh, article Six of New Obedience in Augsburg Confession, Article 6 of Augsburg Confession, and Apology. Apology. There we go. Um, so I'll read the bookofconcord.org, uh, the common domain. Common domain. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Public um, sorry, it says this. Also, they teach that this faith is bound to bring forth good fruits and that it is necessary to do good works commanded by God because of God's will but that we should not rely on those works to merit justification before God. Amen. That was me. The amen was me. <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> Sorry. Good solid theology. Oh, uh, yeah. But re- yes, that's right. Hey, Luth- we can re- Lutherans can respond with a little bit of uh, amen. We can. <laughs> we can. <laughs> Maybe right. Ufta wants to Ufta, all, right? yeah. All right. All right. So it's a, continuing on. For remission of sins and justification is apprehended by faith, as also the voice of Christ attests. When ye shall have done all these things, say, we are unprofitable servants. Luke 17.10. The same is also taught by the fathers. For Ambrose says, it is ordained of God that he who believes in Christ is saved, freely receiving remission of sins without works by faith alone. Here ends the reading of the Augsburg Confession. There we go. Not of God's word. Not of God's word. No, no, no. So, first thing we want to point out again, and we have a vested interest in doing this repeatedly Mm -hmm. so that people appreciate it, the order of the Augsburg Confession, the order of the articles of the Augsburg Confession is immensely important for understanding why we're talking about Mm -hmm. what we're talking about. So, remember, articles 1, 2, and 3 were all set up 
mm-hmm. for Article 4 on justification. Mm-hmm. Articles 4, 5, and 6 now, from where we're at right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. are all commentaries on the Christian life in light of justification. So mm-hmm. Article 4 was justification. Article 5 was how we receive God's grace in justification. That's the ministry. That's the preaching of the word in the administration of the sacraments. Article 6 is how that justification impacts our lives as Christians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so from the get-go, what you read, Brett, is yeah. it, it kind of laid out for us. Faith alone justifies, mm-hmm. but faith is never alone. Yep. So good works have no no part mm-hmm. in the article on justification, but good works are never separate from our justification. Mm-hmm. And so the the passage that we use to describe that is that Galatians 5 yep. passage on the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, of which there is no law. How we tie that into this idea of sanctification or the role of good works in a believer is that as you are justified, when you are justified, mm-hmm. you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The moment you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is producing in you mm-hmm. the fruit of the Spirit. Right. And this is that must frame the entire mm-hmm. article. Yeah. Do you guys think that this is a similar conversation to you know the the mountain peaks of prophecy how when you look back and you see prophecies that are both the first and second coming yeah. kind of in the same mountain peak so to speak i wonder if that's a similar illustration to when people in our churches look at our lives and they see good works and somebody that's saved and it's hard to differentiate where one starts and one well, stops it's it's the reality that theologically, doctrinally speaking, they must be separated. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the real life application, they're never right. separated. Yeah. It's 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 you see them connected, mm-hmm. and and that's the important of it. You know, it's as soon as you go off the rails with justification, then you also lose sanctification almost immediately. So, you know, we say. It is necessary mm-hmm. for us, even as Christians, to obey the law. Yep. We don't get a hall pass because we're Christians. And so the Ten Commandments still apply. As soon as you say that, if, you, if, if you've got a bad theology, you're either going to fall into the error that, well, then good works must justify us on some level, mm-hmm. or you're going to miss out on how sanctification works out or, mm-hmm. or all of these things. We can say simultaneously, we are saved by grace through faith mm-hmm. alone, through, mm-hmm. the, through the work of Christ alone, and God still requires us as Christians to obey his law. His law never goes away until eternity. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works because the law, again, one of the things that we, we realize about the law is it reveals to us the holy nature and character of God. God doesn't change. His law doesn't change. That's how mm-hmm. it works itself out. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, and, and this is kind of a continuation of preaching law and gospel. And in a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It is really asserting that the law should be, insisting that the law should be obeyed yeah. while at the same time preaching the gospel that God has saved us and has redeemed us. And, and that interplay of law and gospel um, in our lives lived after um, God's work of grace to justify us. Well, it's, 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 
it's the reason why, mm-hmm. on the one hand, we say we must preach the law in right. all its sternness yep. and the yep. gospel in all its sweetness. And so when I preach the law, I preach the law as if I myself and the members of my congregation are horrible pagan sinners. But at the same time, in preaching the law, I'm entrusting the application of the yes. law to the Holy Spirit. Yep. And so that... At, at some point in time, the Holy Spirit is convicting of sin. Mm-hmm. Simultaneously, another person, the Holy Spirit is clarifying how mm-hmm. we ought to be living our Christian lives. Yep. But then on top of that, no matter how we're interacting with the law in the moment, the law is always mm-hmm. accusing us of failing to live up to that standard. Mm-hmm. It's it's either accusing us to, of failing to live up to that standard as a, a pagan rebel, mm-hmm. or it's accusing us of failing to live up to that standard because as a Christian, we're simply not doing enough because mm-hmm. we're not doing enough. Right. We're sinful. Yep. And it's because the entire life of a Christian is one of repentance. Mm-hmm. And so that we should be training ourselves catechetically that anytime we hear the law, our first move is not to put our hand over our eyes and scan the horizon for yeah. people who aren't right. obeying the law. Our first move is self-examination that leads to repentance. Mm-hmm. Yep. Amen to that. I really, I don't know why it popped in because I mean, it kind of applies, but you know, Matthew chapter seven were about judging the log in your own eye and the the taking out the sliver in your brother's eye. And that's really an important part of, of any type of restoration and reconciliation. And as we're been given the message of reconciliation or entrusted with the message of reconciliation through Christ Jesus, uh, I do think that's a really important part of our application and vocation Mm -hmm. uh, as believers in Christ Jesus. Yep. Well, and it's, you know, it it really brings out the reality of our sinful nature because we love the law so far as all we're doing is applying the law to our neighbor's lives. As soon as that law is going to be applied to our lives, it stings and Mm -hmm. we hate the law. We hate what it shows us about ourselves. We hate it. We we should legitimately hate how it stacks us up against other people. Mm -hmm. You know, it should make us feel awful. I know yep. we kind of love to point the finger, but we hate to look in the mirror. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it makes it interesting because the reason why this is in here is because this is one of the areas where we're diametrically opposed to Roman Catholic theology. The, the Roman confutation responding to this article in the Augsburg Confession said that good works are not to be excluded from the article of justification. Hmm. And that's that's hmm. official Roman Catholic teaching that mm-hmm. good works are a part of justification. And and yep. for the rest of the Augsburg Confession or the apology to the Augsburg Confession, the the uh, the whole thing is about if good works are a part of justification, then we've completely minimized and even eliminated Christ from mm-hmm. justification. And quite yep. frankly, that was Paul's point in Galatians. Right. I mean, uh, he was pretty. Frustrated yep. when he wrote that yeah. letter, you know, and Wish uh, just go away. <laughs> some of the language he uses about emasculation, yeah, you know, and you know, so this is something we are to take seriously, right. yeah. And that's this is not something that the Catholics of that day struggled with. It's still today. Well, it's today, and and I don't want to. I mean, it as interesting as it may seem, and as violent as the conflict on this article was in Luther's time, I'm not particularly interested in fighting with Roman Catholics now or fighting with 500-year-old Roman Catholics. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen to this quote and then envision how many different churches in America right now this quote could be read and people would nod. 
Hmm. So think mm-hmm. about this. Okay, this is lifted directly from the Roman confutation. And yep. again, to be fair, uh, the Romans themselves were pretty embarrassed by the confutation. Now, the thing is, the Council of Trent came along 20 years later and more or less upheld everything that the confutation said. They just said it better. But here's the quote. Faith and good works are gifts of God, whereby through God's mercy, eternal life is given. Think about that quote in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. What percentage of American churches, and again, America is largely Protestant, although we still have a a Catholic Mm -hmm. remnant, a very active Catholic remnant in certain pockets of America. But what percentage of our churches as Americans, could you say that quote and people would say that is a a a thought provoking valuable quote it's mm-hmm. kind of similar to the question we talked about a couple episodes ago uh, that you responded to on Facebook. I actually posed that question mm-hmm. to my mm-hmm. congregation, and unfortunately, some of them am- answered out loud and they answered wrong <laughs> and I asked the question what's more important a healthy knowledge you know of Christ and his atoning sacrifice or, or living Jesus. or living for yeah. Jesus yeah. Yeah. and it's kind of the same vein there well, or the same flavor at that point because we start to think and maybe we don't do it intentionally but there starts to to develop in, in our minds and maybe in our hearts that there we are earning something when we live for Jesus that we're it's actually going to our credit and and going to merit something um you know and we don't realize that we're in a sense saying that we're adding to Christ's righteousness and that's such a dangerous place to be because pride cre- creeps in mm-hmm. and self-assurance creeps in. And all of those things can be really dangerous if you allow it to continue. Well, and um, so, again, to just to reemphasize the point as I gather my thoughts, it's doctrinally faith and good works must be separated. Mm-hmm. To, as we look at them in the life of a Christian yeah. in real time, yeah. they're happening simultaneously. Yeah. Good. But go, go back to this quote again, faith and good works are gifts of God, whereby God or through God's mercy, eternal life is given. Now, thinking about American, generic American Christianity, which is my, uh, my whipping boy was my, it's my whipping boy. <laughs> and it's my, it's my new label yeah. for American evangelicalism. I think evangelical is a particularly unhelpful term. Mm-hmm. Say, say the, your term again, generic, generic. American Christianity. Like mm-hmm. you just walk mm-hmm. into a church in America, what would you envision? Yeah. Right. Regardless of denomination. Gotcha. Um, if your church's confession is that justification is a process and not an event, mm-hmm. then you're guilty of this quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? If your church's definition of a Christian is something we do, like you define Christians by Christian behavior mm-hmm. rather than by belief or faith, you're guilty of the divide in this, mm-hmm. in this area. Right. If if your church has shunned the historical creeds and confessions in favor of deeds and works of love, deeds not creeds, yeah, deeds not creeds, you're in danger of blending these two th- together mm-hmm. because deeds not creeds is in fact itself a creed. Mm-hmm. This is where we're at. The whole discussion next episode as we kind of get into the meat and potatoes of this and wrap it all up before our Bible studies mm-hmm. is that. 
the reason why there was a split in the Reformation, and the, the split was the doctrine of justification and everything in its orbit, that same split is active today in the American church. The things that Luther and then Calvin, and I'll group Calvin in here with the mm-hmm. Reformers, fought for, those doctrines have crept back into the American church. Right. And that's Which what we're getting after. Kind of ironic because the general generic American church uh, loves to not be Catholic. Well, that's the, the, the entire <laughs> Protestant church in America. The, yeah. Most of the American American church exists to not be Catholic. That's mm-hmm. their mission statement. Mm-hmm. And, and everything about them visibly is not Catholic. Almost everything about them doctrinally is incredibly Catholic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and when we speak about Catholic, we're speaking about the, the, the doctrine of the Roman Catholic church at the time of the Reformation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, wrap it up, but probably be appropriate to read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, right? I knew you were going to go there one of these episodes. (laughs) For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes and also YouTube. Join us next week as we continue our discussion on Article 6 of the Augsburg Confession on a new obedience. God bless you and have a great week.